0: Hello and welcome to Best Sips Worldwide. I'm your drinking companion, Susan Schwartz, an American travel writer living in London. Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. On today's program, I sit down with Ian McIntyre, head bartender of the easiest bar in London. The Big Easy, that is. Taking their inspiration from the Crescent City, the team at NOLA decided there was one thing missing in London, and that was a good hurricane. They have righted that wrong. And now you don't need to go all the way to Bourbon Street to have a taste of the old South. He graciously sat down to talk me through his nullification.
1: So um, the the actual owners um, was uh, James Truffaut and, and uh, his uh, close to work, close to personal friend Dan Prizeman. They were setting up the business and, and they saw this. They had this space and they were kind of looking at what they could fit into it and what bar would would work. And they were kind of were mulling over this for a while, a good month or so. And they were looking, and they saw they had this, like, balcony. They had this roofed terrace out the back. And uh, suddenly someone had the bright idea. Like, a New, Orleans, a New Orleans bar would work in here. And obviously, New Orleans being so rich in cocktail history, uh, it was ideal. Because they loved the music, uh, the food, uh, and the drinks. So,
0: For those who don't know, this is on <coughs> the second floor, floor, or American, first floor English, of another bar? Was this an extra space? It's next to a theater, a tiny space? What were, you know, what were they thinking uh, when
1: they uh, started it? Uh, yeah, well it was kind of just a hidden, they wanted it hidden another way, basically. So it's kind of away from the hustle and bustle of what R- Ribbenton Street is now, because on, on the weekends, it can get really lively downstairs. So I have, have this little gem cocktail bar hidden away inside uh, what is essentially like a nightclub and music venue and comedy cafe. And they also have now another, a completely separate business downstairs, which is another restaurant. So you have, you have like three businesses under the one roof. They kind of all work independently of each other, but also in sync. So we, though we're using this space, then kind of have no uh, say what goes on in the business. So it's, it's quite interesting. It kind of works in the symbiosis. So, and especially when, again, our guests coming in to NOLA, not expecting this nice cocktail bar, but having to walk through this nightclub and kind they're of going, okay. Where am I going? Where are you taking me? And then they suddenly see this little gem of a uh, little speakeasy cocktail bar with table service. Everyone's quite nicely surprised.
0: Uh, absolutely. That's when I first came. That's I was. I was like, where am I going? I don't know where I'm going. And I guess that's part of the fun, because you know New Orleans is very much like that yeah. too. It's kind of mysterious and creepy, and you know it's got all those wonderful qualities that. Um, of the like the hidden, yeah, and mysterious, all mixed into one, so it definitely lends it, itself to
1: that. It's, it's quite interesting as well because um, obviously I visited, first visited New Orleans for the first uh, time uh, two years ago, and this was for Tales of the Cocktail because um, we were nominated for an award at this point, and um, to oh, what see was it. The, what was the award? Uh, it was best new international cocktail bar. Okay, I feel
0: um,
1: this. and uh, and it was like walking down Bourbon Street for the first time and. Experiencing that, knowing how wild and crazy it is, and it's full of dive bars. And then, if you just walk like five seconds around the corner of one of these streets, you'll find a gem cocktail bar. And uh, we kind of saw of like that in a way, because you could come in off the street, which is the hustle and bustle of the craziest. So There's Rivington Street now, and so this nice little gem was like just nicely tucked out of the way.
0: So, once they decided <coughs> on a New Orleans theme, I mean, I guess being bartenders, all of you have knew about the history of cocktail making in New Orleans. Um, is that wh- how you started with your menu?
1: Yeah, so <coughs> our actual menu, um, sorry, excuse me. <coughs> our actual menu, um, uh, how, uh, the layout, she goes through. So our first page as you open it goes, uh, has like a hundred years of New Orleans Classic Cocktails. And we actually work quite closely with the bartenders currently working in New Orleans now. So um, I Nick Deirdre, Chris Hanna. Uh, and um, they have their own little page as well, so so you, you could actually go along to New Orleans, go to these bars uh, and have these drinks in your, there. So we've kind of, they do a lot of nods to them and a thank you. and So we, and we, and we're not basing our, our, into our bespoke kind of drinks, we kind of do take inspiration from uh, NOLA, mm-hmm. uh, and we kind of look at the style of, of uh, the classic cocktails and box, so mainly uh, a lot of our drinks are stirred and quite booze heavy, but we do have like a, a little take on a Ramos, we've got a new menu on our new menu, which is more more interesting. It's kind of taking on new flavors. Uh, what was essentially was a breakfast cocktail, and like, we're doing a little. We've called it uh, 99 Canal Street, which I think is actually the Starbucks in New Orleans. <laughs> and we've done a chai-flavored Ramos. It's just a kind of little, little cheeky little hint there. Uh, well, uh, back
0: to these your your relationship with the New Orleans, the actual bartenders who live in New Orleans now. Um, did you reach out to them and say we're doing this new bar and we'd love to have your input or take you know one of your cocktails?
1: I think, I think you know, have they been here? So Dan, Dan, who was um, involved in the business, uh, he was actually the European brand ambassador for Four Roses Bourbon. He is the European brand ambassador, sorry, and he has an amazing. Contacts across the globe, and I think he was kind of on the one who knew these people were already based there. I think James also, because they've been to New Orleans, to been to Taos a few times. They met these bartenders. And it is a close, uh, and co- the cocktail industry is actually quite a close knit uh, group. Uh, everyone kind of knows everyone in some way. I was met before, know someone, a friend of someone. And it kind of got like that, so they got talking and say, well, hey, would you mind just picking one of your drinks for just for the bar? And uh, obviously, I think a lot of bartenders, they like to get recognized and they were kind of more willing. Yes, i would love to put a drink on your uh-huh. menu. And it's kind of been working uh, like that ever since now. We kind of approach everyone uh, every year and say, hey, can you have you got more drinks? And they just always end up getting loads. Uh-huh. And do you us. find
0: that your customers, like most of them specifically ask for those, do they want the New Orleans-based drinks?
1: I, I think a lot or of do the they class- go
0: for more of the martinis, Manhattan. They all they're that. are they're going, here to drink those drinks.
1: I think they're here to drink more the New Orleans classics. I okay. think that's what we're more known for now. Uh, the people uh, again, in, the, in our first year of opening, we were nominated. We were awarded the Seal of the Sazerac. Uh, and what's that? And it's, it's it's from the New Orleans cul- 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 Culinary Preservation Society. If I can spit that. Uh, and it's just in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Cocktail cul-
0: Preservation uh, Society. Culinary.
1: Uh, culinary. culinary uh, yeah. Oh, uh uh-huh. So it's like food and drink. I think they specialize in. And they have this award for people who are doing. I like, make good sazeracs and are doing really well. Good things for New Orleans. So we were like, and we were had a membership scheme set up where we were actually donating money uh, to the bar scholarship training program okay. so uh, bartenders who want to go for the uh i don't know if you know the bar uh, so basically like it's uh a qualification set up in new york new york, new york where bartender go along it's uh it's like the, the law, lawyer bar exam. Oh, okay. Is that really intensive, it's all about spirits, wines. So it's someone who's already yeah. a
0: working bartender. So long kind of bar graduate school.
1: Yeah, it can go on and do that. And it's, it's taking it a step further, almost like going to a sommelier like a stage uh, and training. So how it's like really How long has that intense. been around? I, I, I couldn't actually tell you how, how long it's been around. Uh-huh. But it's been for a while. We have something similar over here called the W Set, but it's more specialized in wines. It has a spirit uh, element to it. But the bar one, one I believe, is just, it's really intensive.
0: Because it seems like, and I say this all the time in the interviews, that we are in a renaissance of um, cocktail making. We are so lucky for us drinkers, those of us who like to drink complicated drinks. Um, uh, it's just the creativity out there is incredible. And so, do you get to also, you know, within the realm of the New Orleans based cocktails, get to be creative here? And
1: we do, we are very, very creative. We're currently working on our new menu. And we're, uh, we're, we've started uh, playing around with more, where we originally, first day it was more classic style of just using spirits and the cures. Not really playing with much. So now we're going to, into fat washing. What you, uh, but infusing. you have to, for,
0: for our listeners, what is fat
1: washing? Uh, so fat, fat washing, so we have a drink on the menu, which is um, a peanut butter and banana, old fashioned, And we've basically, we've taken peanut butter, Sealed it in a, a backpack bag, uh, and then we've heated it to, to like a temperature where the oils can then kind of absorb into the spirit. We then uh, chill filter it, so you've got this murky like peanut butter infused bourbon, and we take all the, the solids out and make it clear again. Oh boy. So basically, you've got the flavour of peanut butter mixed with a bourbon that actually looks like a bourbon. So there's no oil nor no fat in there, uh-huh. it's just the fat's been washed through it. Uh, so it has those flavour qualities. You can do it with a lot of things. We've been doing it with um, doing coconut oil, um, washing it through. So you got coconut flavoured uh, rum, uh, or you can pretty much do anything uh, these days.
0: Uh-huh. And are, have you climbed onto the whole proto tiki thing? That
1: um, not your yet.
0: Friends and the, uh, the people. Are doing?
1: I mean, know uh, yeah, Nick in Canaan Table. That's from Canaan table, table. Yeah,
0: place, one of my uh, favourites.
1: Oh, it's all about proto tiki. Uh-huh. I don't really get the grasp of it. I know it's kind of like it's pre tiki cocktails. So what cocktails were used to be like before tiki, the tiki movement?
0: It was yes, kind of yeah. combining the tiki. Well, it was, it's taking the tiki movement on, which was yeah. you know, um, the first time you ever saw an umbrella, you know, yeah. <laughs> in a cocktail, and then making it a little bit more sophisticated. Fiscated, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I, you know, I had a hurricane the last time I was here, and I actually then went to have a hurricane in New Orleans. And yours, I downed very easily, and it was delicious. And the one I had was so horrible. Not at <laughs> not a kidney table, at a place that I yeah. won't mention. But man, have those! Yeah,
1: they, we, they, we, <laughs>
0: thank goodness uh, those are being redone.
1: Yeah, the, and well, originally I think the uh, the R hurricane would actually resemble would have resembled what the original hurricane would have been like. But uh, through yeah. evolution and demand. They've created this uh, powdered pre-mix, which is that mix. Oh, gosh, it's, yeah, it's so horrible. It's, it's a sweet and sour mix. It's uh, very rare
0: that I can't drink a drink. And yeah. that, I just, I couldn't do it. No, it is. It was horrible. <coughs> and there's a
1: lot of it as well.
0: Oh, <laughs> yes, it's Bourbon Street. But we love Bourbon Street, but we hate Bourbon Street. Yeah. And tell me about yourself. How do you find yourself here?
1: Um, was, uh, so I've been um, bar- I've been bartending for, uh, in London for about six years now. No, I've been bouncing around jobs, and I actually kind of left to be. Well, where j- are you from? Originally uh, Originally I'm from Dorset, on the south coast of England, and I country I, in the, the country, country, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, on, the, I'm on the from the coast, so right on the beach. Uh-huh. Um, there's a little seaside resort there, and I was uh, working a bar there, and uh, we had a cocktail bar, which is not far from what you kind of get in today, London today. Um, really cheesy cocktails, uh, horrible, really, and overly, overly sweet, but they sell in those seaside resorts. Um, Moving to, I came to London, I went to a bar show, and I seen uh, what, what the cocktail industry actually is, and I kind of fell in love with it, so I kind of made a point that I need to be in London to do this, and I saw how, how you could take your career, and it wasn't just being a bartender, it's actually this whole larger scope where you have almost like bar celebrities and th- things going on. Uh, it's, yes, it's yeah, I it's cool I think that
0: the bar culture has overtaken now the food. Yeah you know, I think people are a little tired of the celebrity chefs, and now they're moving on to the celebrity cocktail. Yeah. You would think, you know, how Ford, we love the movie, cocktail was, you know, so long ago, it's kind of, even if it doesn't have all the flash, but definitely the depth.
1: You yeah, know, it uh, does. Um, um, and I, 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 I bouncing around from jobs as well and so i actually got me on board and i actually did a guest shift here and the guys uh, approached me and said how would you like to come on full-time as one of the bar manager and i kind of mulled for a bit because i was actually i was training bartenders at the time and it was great fun uh, but i kind of missed their whole interaction with the guests and talking to customers because that's kind of where you get the 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 joy of the the job essentially is actually great joy for other people and making them happy and having a great night so I thought, okay, why not? So I jumped back on board, got back behind the bar again, and here I am today, so running the bar, and I'm still, I'm, I am general manager, I'm a working bartender as well, so I'm always on the bar.
0: Mm-hmm. How often are you here?
1: Uh, most nights, probably uh, an average four nights a week.
0: Four nights a week, Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, where do you see, you know, this, how often do you change your menus, you know, what do you see the future of NOLA being?
1: Um, so, so, currently we actually, we're, we're, we only change our menu once a year, we have an extensive list, it's quite large, so we like to keep it for as long as possible, we work for all the seasons. Um, uh, I, the way I, I'd like to see known in the future, would be, they're downscaling it almost, and we'll work seasonally with it, uh, and we get a bit more creative, so we can get our bartenders being more creative. Because uh, obviously they do work on drinks, so they enter cocktail competitions, and they're constantly doing that. But to have that menu for that long is uh, is it, it kind of is get it, it gets probably stale for them in a way. We're quite lucky; we have events, and they always create menus, drinks for that. So I'd like to see a bit more diversity in the menu uh, in the coming future. But it's kind of hard when you get like all these brands coming involved, and they have to have listing. We have listings with listing fees where we have brand pays for a spirit to be put into a cocktail list so it kind of makes it easier to do it for a year because the contract is for a year yeah, uh-huh. so this is why you don't change otherwise you have to adapt the menu to fall in line with your listing fees and then it's kind of almost taking creativity away because uh-huh. you know you have to use this spirit uh-huh. when whereas you just get a bartender and go I want to use this spirit uh-huh. I want to go on and do this and make something with this because I have this amazing idea where these flavors will work together
0: What is th- the most popular drink that is sold? Yeah, in Hila Nola, Nola. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, we're definitely known for our bourbon. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the Sazerac is probably one of our top sellers because uh, everyone knows we, we won this award. We awarded the seal, the Sazerac. Uh, and then uh, that is Hurricanes. Hurricane. Everyone loves uh-huh. a good Hurricane. It's like a guilty pleasure, uh, uh-huh. I think. People kind of want that nice, fruity, long, refreshing drink. A lot uh-huh. of bartenders come in doing that. You know,
0: uh, I always forget about bourbon. And you know, I love it. It's a great drink. And um, I'm so glad it's popping up more and more in cocktails in I London. Uh, because you know, I'm, I'm falling in love with the old fashioned, really.
1: I think uh, uh-huh. I've seen, uh, over the five years I've been in London, uh, um, uh, the, the turning point where people drink vodka, then to gin. I, I think bourbon, whiskey, uh, especially as a category, is definitely gaining popularity. It's definitely uh-huh. our biggest seller. Uh-huh. The other interesting thing that's happened with bourbon is that the demand is so is ever-growing uh, that the supply is just quite short, uh-huh. um, and we find it quite hard to get anything good over here in the UK, and, and uh, I know even in the States there are some bourbons that are ever so popular that, that they, can't, they even can't find them in Kentucky anymore because people worldwide are buying them up. Yeah. How about
0: yours? What
1: is yours? I, be anything brown. Anything rye brown, rye so whiskey funny. is probably... Uh, my favorite tipple because we like the spiciness and I, I think you'll find that with a lot of bartenders uh-huh. it's either bourbon or rye whiskey uh-huh. uh, I,
0: have to, I have to have to try more rye whiskey
1: yeah it's not as it's, it's a spicier style compared to this so we have a corn, bourbon being a corn base uh it's just a more sweeter style where uh-huh. rye whiskey is, has might have some corn in it it has a higher rye content uh-huh. so it's really spicy and you uh-huh. kind of in your face punchy flavors uh-huh.
0: Well, thank you so much. This has been great. I really appreciate it. And um, we will see you around. Okay, thank you. All right, thanks. It was great to have Ian on the show with me today. If you savor that Sazerac, make sure you reserve a seat at NOLA as it's one of the busiest bars in Shoreditch. Next week, we fly you to sunny Seychelles to meet Flavien Joubert, the author of the island's only recipe book dedicated to its homegrown cocktails. Until next time, Bottoms Up! For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, Including moderation. And never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Steven Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar.